Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered. Or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For those of you who know me, you know that positivity is my beat. It's how I make my living, it's how I'm wired, and it's one of my top five strengths. My guest today is Lisa Durden. Lisa and I are virtual friends. We have never met in person. Our acquaintance started by connecting on LinkedIn, and we continued recently when I shared a link to my podcast and challenged someone to mention in the comments one thing that had brightened their day. Lisa shared something in the comments, and I invited her to be a guest on my podcast. She accepted. Our professional connection has turned into a friendship, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what's been brightening Lisa's day. The first thing that has brightened my day lately is a recent play date. While Aria and her friend were tearing up the house, her friend's mom and I got to enjoy an adult picnic. The girls had goldfish and otter pops, And Holly and I enjoyed soft brie, crusty bread, salami, fresh berries, cake, and adult conversation. It was wonderful. The weekend before, Holly had taken her daughter on a girls-only weekend, and they had stayed at the Edgefield Hotel McMinimans. For those of you who don't know about McMinimans, they restore historic old buildings into resorts and restaurants. The Edgefield is located at the mouth of the Columbia Gorge and has an interesting history. The structure dates back to 1911. During this time, counties within the state of Oregon began to suffer from an overwhelming amount of poverty-stricken families. Rather than let these families gather in the streets, the state decided to create territorial legislature. That meant that each county was responsible for its homeless population. They called these places poor houses, or workhouses as they were known in England. State law continued until 1935 when the Social Security Act came into law. Edgefield, or Multnomah County Poor Farm, helped Portland and the surrounding cities with their poor population. The Edgefield went through a few name changes And by 1960, it was primarily used as a nursing home and an institution for mentally ill children. When costs for renovations became too high, county commissioners decided to close down the Edgefield. It was in the 1990s, shortly after the Edgefield became a historic landmark and was placed on the National Register of Historic Places, that the McMiniman brothers bought the property. It is one of the highest-ranked historic locations now in Oregon. And there's rumors that it's haunted by ghosts. I knew about these rumors. In fact, I had stayed at the Edgefield a few years ago when I was on a leadership retreat. I remember being awakened in the middle of the night, feeling like someone was trying to shove me out of bed. It was spooky. I got up, turned on the lights had a glass of water, and once my heart rate got back to normal, I was able to fall asleep without further incident. 
I asked Holly if anything strange happened to them during their stay. She said no, and we had a good laugh. We made sure the girls were not around as we spooked each other out with our ghost stories. The second thing that has brightened my day is Bark Boys. We desperately needed new bark dust. So the other day, the Bark Boys came to visit. Aria was very excited watching them hook up the hose and spray the bark dust around. I'm sure she would have been happy to provide coaching as to where the bark dust needed to go, but I kept her inside. Those bark boys run a smooth operation. I was impressed. There were three guys. One wrangled the long hose while another one held the nozzle that blew the bark dust. And still another guy had a blower and he followed as sort of the cleanup. He evened things out, blew dust off of the cement and steps, and he even blew dust off the plants. After the bark dust was spread around, they hooked up the water hose and watered it all down. It looked so nice, so dark, so rich. They cleaned up any spills or mess, and then they watered the rocks. Our front and backyard look amazing. There's no weeds, it smells nice and earthy, and we made sure to get the hemlock bark dust. No slivers. No slivers! Yay! The third thing that has brightened my day is a new stress management technique I learned about. It's called tapping meditation. Tapping is also known as EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. It is a powerful holistic healing technique that resolves a range of issues. It's based on the combined principles of ancient Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. The basic tapping technique requires you to focus on a negative emotion you're feeling. This can be a fear, a worry, bad memory, or any unresolved problem. You do this while maintaining your mental focus on the issue. Then you use your fingertips to tap five to seven times on nine specific meridian points in your body. And those nine points are the side of your hand, which is called the karate chop, your eyebrow point, your side of the eye, underneath the eye, under the nose, under the lip, between your lip and chin, your collarbone point, under your arm, and the top of your head. So here's a simple guideline to what tapping looks like. Number one, you ask yourself, what's creating the anxiety in your body? Create a setup statement. For example, even though I feel worried about the meeting, I accept how I feel and I give myself permission to relax. While saying your statement, start tapping the side of your hand. Number two, tap through the rest of the points while simply sharing how you feel. For example, I'm worried about the meeting. I'm concerned about what I'll be assigned to do. I'm nervous about not knowing. Once you've honored the anxiety, you can now move to positive phrases while continuing to tap. I feel strong and confident. I can handle what comes my way. I feel calm that I can find resources to help me. I feel ready for the next step. Tapping on these nine endpoints while addressing the root cause of distress sends a calming signal to your brain. This allows you to feel relaxed and in control. 
And if you want to know more, I encourage you to visit their website, The Tapping Solution. They have videos of meditations you can follow. I was amazed by how relaxed and present I felt after just one of the videos. They're only about seven to nine minutes long, and they're really worth it. I encourage you to check it out. And speaking of meditation, here's a positivity tip for today. To manage your emotions, it is important to notice, name, and navigate. Be mindful of how you are feeling and notice what triggers you. Name the emotion you are feeling so you can then find tools and strategies to navigate and effectively manage that emotion. My guest today is Lisa Durden. Lisa is the Chief Audit Executive for the Oregon Department of Veterans Affairs. She holds a Master's in Public Administration from Portland State University. Lisa is passionate about public service and the mission of ODVA which is to help Oregon's veterans and their families get access to their earned benefits. Not only do Lisa and I share a first name, we also share a love of public service, positivity, and cherry danishes. I'm a little nervous having the chief audit executive on my show, but I can't wait to hear what's brightened her day. Welcome, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's so fun having you on my podcast today. Before we get started, would you just briefly explain what is a chief audit executive and what do you do? Sure. Yeah. So a chief audit executive for the state of Oregon is essentially an internal auditor. So I'm doing internal auditing. I'm independent from the activities that I audit, but I'm a part of the organization and I advise the executive team on areas of risk and compliance and also controls which may uh, limit risk that threaten the agency's objectives. So working at ODVA, it's a very positive mission, helping veterans and their families. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really emphasize more the objectives that we're trying to achieve and the opportunities to achieve those objectives in my work. So it's actually really pretty fun and pretty positive in itself too. So this lends itself very well to asking you next, what are three things that have brightened your day lately? Yeah, it's so fun to think about what things have brightened my day because then you start coming up with more, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, it's it's additive. (laughs) It's additive, right? When you start looking for something, you see it. So yeah, I just thought of three things just for today. I've actually been keeping a jar of things. I write little things that have given me joy on a piece of paper and I put them in a jar. Um, So I've been doing that actually for about a month. That's been kind of fun. I really love those summer mornings when it's still about like 70. One of the things I did this morning is I live actually outside of Portland in a small community called Cedar Mill, which some people might call North Beaverton. It's kind of a a little bit suburban here and also a little bit rural. And so this morning I took a walk down the road and there is this beautiful waterfall called Cedar Mill Falls. And it's just really peaceful spot. And sometimes I just go there and sit for about 10 minutes and do a short meditation. And this morning I was really rewarded because there was a beautiful great blue heron there that was fishing. Wow. (laughs) It was stunning. It was just so beautiful. It was really nice, really peaceful. And the weather was still good. It was 70. (laughs) Wow. I love mornings where it's just a little cooler. And oh, I love the sound of water too. In fact, a funny story. This morning I was on a 
a Zoom meeting with someone and it was actually a bad connection. But on my end, it made it sound like the person was sitting right behind a waterfall. (laughs) And I just I could have talked talked in that meeting all day because it sounded so peaceful. And he was very annoyed because he couldn't understand what's going on. But on my end, it sounded like this beautiful waterfall in the background. (laughs) That is so funny. I actually when I was at the waterfall this morning, I thought, oh, maybe I should do the interview here. But then I thought, no, she's not done like that. (laughs) Well, it would have been an interesting experiment. We haven't done that one yet. But you know, the beauty of working remotely is we literally could be plugged in in a meeting doing whatever by a waterfall as long as we had a Wi Fi connection, right? Exactly. I actually used to before I worked at ODBA. um, I worked in a highly collaborative environment at Secretary of State's office audits division. We did half and half half in the office, half remote. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was really familiar with remote working before the pandemic. And I would have check-in with my uh, lead for the audits at the waterfall a lot. (laughs) Oh, wow. I love that. So I think we skipped to number two without me even getting to inquire a little more about your number one. So this is really funny too, but in our family, we do, we call it the joy jar. And every time something happens that makes us happy or experience joy. We just like you said, we write it down on a little piece of paper, we fold it up and we put it in the jar. We've been doing this now for three years. We read them on New Year's Eve. And it's so fun to at the end of the year, reflect back on those things that brought us joy throughout the year. So I am super proud that you have done this for a month. And I encourage you keep doing it. It gives you so much joy to read them. So I hope you will keep it going. Thank you. Yeah, that's great encouragement. I, I definitely plan to. And it's it's kind of fun. It's also about kind of allowing yourself, right? It's it's a little bit about giving yourself permission to have fun or take an opportunity that really won't take that much time and might add a lot to your day. I found that that's actually one of the main reasons I'm doing it is I have a little bit of competitive nature. So if I write it on a piece of paper, It helps me give myself permission to do a few fun things. And there's so much research out there right now about the importance of play, both in our personal life, but also in the workplace. Anytime we have that opportunity to bring a little fun or a little joy into the workplace is so important. Yeah, I agree. And it it actually really kind of lightens the load and it builds trust. I I haven't yet done too much experimenting with that. I started at ODBA. My first day was March 16th, 2020. Oh my goodness. Literally (laughs) when this all started. Yes. So (laughs) I was, you know, it was a really interesting transition. I spent about two days in the office, but I know another internal auditor at a different agency and she actually plays the game cahoots with her auditees when they have uh, meetings. So she just does a little round of cahoots um, to give them like a little bit of a break between all of their remote meetings. And I love that she's injecting some fun into things because auditing can get pretty serious sometimes. Probably some of my listeners know what cahoots is, but I don't. Can you give me a little tutorial? How do you play cahoots? I can't actually give you a tutorial. (laughs) I I bought it. Actually, actually she shared this idea with me last December. 
and I'm looking at the box right now, but I can explain oh, it. I'll tell you what, Lisa, it's a deal. I'm going to invite you back onto the podcast and you're going to share how you play cahoots. <laughs> okay, let's do it. That, okay. That's good. I haven't found a way to fit it in because I haven't played it yet. So. <laughs> That'll be great. Okay. I'm well, now this has brightened my day because I have something to look forward to. All right. So what's the next thing that's brightened your day? Well, this was actually from something uh, last night. I live about a five minute drive away from my parents who are um, in their 70s and 80s now. And I was a little worried about them, but I was trying to do it nicely and not be like, are you hydrated? Are you (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Reverse parenting. I just texted my mom and said, are you hot? And um, she said, yeah. And I said, do you want popsicles? Because I know she likes popsicles. And so I bought them some real fruit popsicles and I drove those over and I dropped them off. And it was just an idea I had. And I I just felt really fun to be able to do that. That was last night, kind of after it was not quite as hot. It was about seven. They do kind of cool people down. And it was just uh, fun to be able to do that and fun that they also participated in that. I really find that like little things, I like to collect little ideas for fun. And fun doesn't have to be a big thing that takes a lot of time. It can be a little thing. It's really true. And sometimes those little things are the ones we remember the most and make the biggest difference. Yeah, exactly. They are the things that we remember the most, these small things. Well, thank you, Lisa, for being a guest on my podcast today. And thank you for brightening my day. Well, thank you, Lisa, for inviting me. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Brighten Your Day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at HiltonLisaB at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.